All right. So, uh, we've been talking about this thing called recalibrate. Because, I don't know if your experience has been this way, but I'm going to say that I think it is because I think you are a lot like me. Doesn't life just have a way of knocking us out of key sometimes? Um, perhaps it's not maybe something that's happening to us or something we're seeing in the world. I remember getting wrecked a couple weeks ago um, when the Hawaii thing hit. I've been there. It just wrecked me. People I don't know. So yeah, there are these experiences in life, and maybe some of us are experiencing these kinds of things where life can knock us out of key. So one of the things that we're trying to do in this space is going, hey, let's have some conversation, some vulnerable conversations about things that might help us get back in key, that can tune our hearts to a more healthy way of living. And, um, and here's what's important to me as a pastor, because this is what I've experienced some of my journey, maybe some of you experience this, that sometimes faith can go, hey, um, isolate yourself from the world around you. You know, your, your, all your faith and all your experience with God is about removing yourself from the world and distancing yourself so that you can experience God. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Maybe there are times in life when that's appropriate, where you need to remove yourself and isolate yourself. But I don't think that's the way to be Christian in the world. I don't think that's a, a way to engage our faith or to enact our faith or enable our faith. I actually think that if it's worthy faith, if it really means anything, it's something that should work right in the midst of the marketplace, of where we live every day and where we work and the kinds of things that we're experiencing every day. So my argument is this, is that you start in the book of Genesis and we, it's like the scriptures have the highest view of humanity that you could imagine. And often, sometimes we get faith that, that says humanity is horrible and it lowers it and it doesn't help us see what it is that we could become. But if you read the book of Genesis, God is making things and he keeps saying, it's good, it's good, it's good. And he, I mean, he's creating the world, the heavens, the stars. Um, he creates the waters. He creates all living things. And there's five times he says good. And then he says very good for the first time. And guess what he says very good to? Making human beings. So this thing goes from just good to now he creates these human beings that he says, no, they're very good. Now, not only have you been given life, but because you were created so very good, you've been given a calling in life to do something good with your energy, to do something good with the life that, that, that you've been given. And so that comes with some responsibility. So it isn't just being reminded, hey, we're good, but it's like, what are we growing into? What are we giving our hearts to? What are we giving our energies and our resources and our life to that actually makes this, my life and your life more worthy of the very goodness that it was made in. It actually makes a difference in the world around us. So I just want to start off by saying this, that this is one pastor who doesn't think we should isolate ourselves from the world. I actually think we should open our hearts to something beautiful and good and the image that we were made in and live it right among the world around us and help the world see that there's a better way to be human. That's what it means to be Christian. So um, let me ask this question. This is going to help me know where we're going. Because uh, the American uh, Psychological Association in 2022 did a survey. And they found that 7 out of 10 people feel overwhelmed with life. So let me just ask you this. And, and I want you to be just gut-wrench honest. Because otherwise it's just going to be a homily up here and I'm just going to speak. But I, I want you guys to be engaged in what we're doing here. 
Um, I want to know what level of stress you feel. This is going to help me. I'm your pastor. You could trust me. <laughs> um, even the first time you've been here, you could, I, I hope you, you, you feel for me this openness, this open-heartedness, so you could trust me. But how many of you have a little stress? Just a little stress. Just lift up your hand. Okay. All right. How many of you have medium stress in your life? Be honest. Okay. How many of you have mega stress in your life? Anybody want to be honest? Yeah. Okay. So here's the truth. And, and here... On any given day, that could go up and down, right? <laughs> yeah. It's because uh, life can throw things at us that changes that. But the truth is, is that we are all living with some level of stress. And I want you to hear this, that I think the spiritual life that we're invited to and that Jesus is saying, hey, come follow me, is actually about living a little more free from that kind of stress, and growing and maturing in ways that would help us experience life with lower stress. So I want to compare what we feel and what the American Psychological Association has found in a survey that people are just absolutely, completely overwhelmed. I want you to hear the words of Jesus. And I'm reading this out of, um, out of uh, the Message Bible. So, but this is found in Matthew chapter 11. But just listen to these words in comparison to what we feel. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And I just love these, this next phrase. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, man. Do you feel the different energy in these words? Um, I regularly find myself coming back to this text as a prayer often in my life whether I'm feeling little stress or medium stress or mega stress, like I really believe this kind of life is possible. And I believe these words of Jesus. And I really, I want to learn what the unforced rhythms of grace truly are. I want to live more lightly and freely. So if you thought the spiritual life had something, other to do, something different to do than that, um, we might not understand the Jesus that uh, is inviting us to live more lightly and freely. I actually think this is what we should be focusing on and working at. Now, here's the thing. These guys are up here playing, and, and Brenda, and there is this quality that you can't see in rhythm that actually keeps this song in order and, and on beat, that holds the song together. Well, what Jesus is offering in these words is an invisible quality that will hold our life together. Because I, I believe with all my heart, we all could live with a little less stress. We all would find a little more joy living a little more lightly and freely. But let me ask you another question. And I want you to think about this. How many of you feel like you have margin in your life? Raise your hand if you feel like you have margin in your life. Okay, a couple. There were some people I thought about, and we're all in different seasons of life. Some of us are in retirement. Some of us are right starting at the beginning of our career or of our vocations. And so, yeah, there are different times maybe when we have more margin. Some of us, like me, are empty nesters. 
Some of you are parents that are raising kids. And yeah, so where you're at in the season of life can determine how much margin you have in your life. But here's something I want us to think about. Is margin something that helps us live more lately and freely? And how much of that do you actually have in your life? I'm asking this question. Maybe a litmus test for how much margin you have. Do any of you in here ever find yourself just going postal on people or postal on a situation? You know what postal is? (laughs) None of you know. You're all such good Christians in here. Um, Yeah, I find myself at just different times like just losing it on the inside over something that just seems like a simple interruption. Is it anyone? That happened to me this week. Debbie came to me with something and it was a simple thing, but I was so offended by the fact that she had interrupted me. Now, I didn't say it out loud, but I was feeling it on the inside. I go, what is that? Like, I just want to go post and go, how dare you interrupt me? Like, that really comes down to this space of margin. Like, what I was feeling was pressure to, to get something done. And how the lack of that actually hinders us from having meaningful relationship or hearing or listening to people around us in some way. But here's, here, here's some more things to, for a litmus test of whether you have margin. How about this? Are you inflexi- inflexible in your life? So whenever something throws you off, you're so inflexible, you just lose it. Um, are you anxious? Uh, not at peace or not at ease? And by the way, you guys, I'm speaking to myself here because um, I've been living all these things and trying to find these things more meaningfully in, in my own life. Are you a little mad at the world? Anyone ever feel that? And like, what am I so mad at? Like not even really know. How about this? Are you short on compassion? When you know the right thing is to be more compassionate? How about in one word? Are you unloving in some way? Is there some manner about you, some way of being that you find yourself unloving? Can I make the argument that perhaps maybe the reason some of these things are in our lives are because we don't have the margin to really give ourselves to these kinds of things? There was a guy that wrote a book, Dr. Richard Swanson. Anyone heard of that? He wrote a book on margin. It was probably like 20 years ago. But he did this research, and, and what he discovered was that the primary di- diagnosis of people was this. And he was a physician that many of us are chronically overloaded, we're chronically exhausted, we're over busy, we're digitally distracted, <laughs> in a hurry all the time, and with very little margin. And he wrote a book about this 20 years ago, and going, this is going to lead to unhealth. This is going to lead to people's lives falling apart in ways that we just cannot afford. 20 years ago, a physician was saying this, and over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was saying, hey, think about this. The way that I'm inviting you into is a way to live more lightly and freely. So how many have heard this? Life without limits. Anyone ever heard that? You could just live life without limits. And man, that is trendy. That sounds really cool. And it would make a great poster hanging on my wall. But how many of you tried to live that way and have discovered that is exhausting? Yeah, because I don't think it's true. I don't think it's entirely true that we could just live our life without limits. We've all been given limits. Some of those that we can't change 
and some of those that we can. And I would say if we're going to live more lightly and freely, Jesus can help us identify and discern what are those parts of my natural wiring and my makeup that I cannot change, that I just need to accept? And what are the parts that, yeah, by some kind of dysfunction or some kind of experience in life, they're just holding me back. I can grow in them. I can move in some way toward, you know, getting better at this or or moving beyond it. We have to have the wisdom to discern that. But the truth is we all have limitations. And we all can learn a little bit about our true nature when we run into our limits. So if you think the spiritual life is overcoming things all the time and never having to deal with again, sometimes there are things that you just continue to practice and learn. Now, I hope I'm going to do this much better this time, and I'm really working hard at it. But Peter Scarzero, in this uh, book called Emotionally Healthy Church, and emotionally healthy people. He says this, and I just want you to, I want you to hear this. In emo- emotionally healthy churches, which we're talking about here, when Brenda's talking about the march and the walk, when we're talking about the stress that is in our lives or the lack of margin that we have, we're talking about being more emotionally healthy people. And a church should be a place that is helping us become that. It's reminding us that it's possible, helping us connect the places where we can grow in that kind of thing. So in emotionally healthy churches, which, which we hope to be, people understand the limits God has given them. They joyfully receive them as a gift. I'm trying to do this, you guys. As a result, they are not frenzied or covetous, trying to live a life God never intended. He goes on to say, they are marked by contentment and joy, Emotionally healthy churches also embrace their limits with the same joy and contentment, not attempting to be like another church. Exhaustion, anxiety, burnout, superficial spirituality, these are all signs that we are living outside of God-given limitations. Now listen, I'm almost apologetically telling you that you have a gift of limits. Because we live in a world that is telling us that we have no limits. And listen, I get that. There are times in life when we are just to push through things and we're better than where we're at. And it requires, you know, character and strength and people to help us to, to grow. And to, so what I'm not saying is that we, you know, we're stuck. We're damned at where we're at. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that I think if you are a lot like me and people are a lot like me, I think there is a gift in being able to accept the gift of limits. Some of it is just our physical makeup. I remember in high school, in 10th grade, I wanted to play in the NFL. And the coach asked me, George, what is your highest aspiration? I'm going to play in the NFL, coach. And he's like, uh, George, you're 5'10", 150 pounds. And I'm like, so? <laughs> um, he goes, listen, we're going to make you the best quarterback that we can make you. But you do realize that that's really small. And this guy, this coach was very helpful. But the point is, is that I kind of needed that. A reminder that if I am going to live up to that aspiration, let's at least be honest about the physical qualities that I'm moving into this with, right? So I don't think we have to be fearful or think that somehow acknowledging our limits in some way hold us back or hinder us. Can I just submit this? Perhaps an honest assessment of where we're truly at and what our real gift is to the world around us 
might be the thing that guides us into these unforced rhythms of grace that Christ talks about. Maybe accepting that with vulnerability might be one of the greatest things that we could see, receive to live more lightly and freely. Okay, so I don't want you to hear that and that, you know, there's a limit and we're being held back. But I also want you to hear, yes, there is a limit. And we need to have the wisdom to discern what can we change and what can we not change. Now, um, Jesus gives us just a vision of the simple life in the Sermon on the Mount. We're reading this passage here out of Matthew chapter 11. You go back and you read uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It is a beautiful vision of what Jesus calls the kingdom of what it means to be human beings, to live in the image in the way that God made them. And I want to argue that those three chapters are a vision of a, a much more simpler life than many of us are living, including me. And what would happen if we just opened to the possibility that maybe there's a simple, simplicity, maybe would do us all a little bit of good. But I want to argue that, and we did a whole sermon series. We did 19 weeks on the Sermon on the Mount because I think there's so much there. And I would call there's a theology of simplicity there that can help us live more lightly and freely. So if you're looking for a place to begin, start in those three chapters and see how, see how you're doing with those things. But what if one of the most beautiful recalibrations that we could all make to our life to get us in the ways that we've been knocked out of tune or out of key in some way what if we just looked at simplicity? Um, we're going to have a, um, a Sabbath Sunday, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. And Debbie and I already, have already planned in that week, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go through our house and purge things that we're not using. We're going to simplify our lives. Because the more things we have requires more what? Management. And more taking care of it. So the spiritual life is connected to how we live every day. So one of the things that we're being challenged on, how we can live in this unforced rhythm of grace, what can we let go of? It just simplifies our lives a little more. We don't have so much to manage. But I want to leave you with this. Because if Jesus is inviting us to a more simple life that will help us live more lightly and freely, um, I think these words are really helpful. This is a pastor and a spiritual director. She says this, Jesus wants us to know that we don't need all the things or experiences we think we do. Simplicity creates margins and spaces and openness in our lives. Simplicity asks us to let go of the tangle of wants so we can receive the simple gifts of life that cannot be taken away. Simplicity invites us into daily pleasures that can open us to God who is present in them all. I thought one of the most beautiful ways that I could help us open our hearts to this word to sing a blessing over you. So I'm going to ask Nick and Brenda and Tim to come up. And you don't have to do anything except open your heart to this possibility. What if more margin? What if a more, a less stressful life? What if some simplicity made the presence of God more experiential in your life? Um, what if some simple things, maybe what if it isn't the big things? What if it's in the small things that might open our hearts to a more beautiful experience that will remind us all that we're not alone in this thing? Yes, we have each other. 
But there really is a loving divine presence that is at work in every single one of us wanting to lead us and guide us and direct us and teach us in what it means to live more whole and better and more joyful and more lightly and freely. So I thought maybe the best way we could do that is to make a song a prayer. And so um, I just want them to sing this over you. There's nothing required of you. We're going to sing this. I'm going to come up. I'm going to give you a word of benediction and then we're going to leave and then we're going to all think about this some. But may this song just wash over your heart and over your life and let God's spirit guide you into what this might look like for you, okay?
you stand with me just for a word of benediction? And the word is this, take it easy. I don't know what that means for you, but may, you, may that find your soul and your being in some meaningful way today. And may we all discover freedom to choose less rather than more. Because just maybe that's a better way because your heart is tuned to what is going to bring you what matters most and what is going to bring you true delight. Will you trust these words of Jesus to bring that into your heart? And may grace and peace uh, be with you all as you go. Amen. Have a great Sunday.